Welcome to this mini-series of Revenue Riser Season 1 in Review. I was chatting with my friend and digital tech advisor to CXOs, Ed Santana, and we were both struck by the experiences and insights our guests so willingly shared during the season, and also by some of the themes that connected much of what we discussed. Now, you may have heard Ed talking with Azzy Aslam about how we adapt to virtual selling in episode two. And behind the scenes, Ed's been a great support for this podcast. So I invited Ed to be my co-host for this mini series to help highlight some of the themes that we heard. So welcome, Ed, to Front of House and tell us what have we got in store? Anna, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, Yeah, this is really exciting because looking back into last season, there were several very interesting topics that we can revisit. And uh, we both identified four interrelated points to cover, and each of them will be a mini mean, episode, right? So, so these are maturity, people adapting to change, and the importance of data, really, uh, you know, importance of having a data-driven culture. Those would be really interesting topics to dig into. And Overarching that, I think we have some themes around having real clarity of goal and and purpose, clarity of what we're doing, and taking a step-by-step approach to things. So I often talk about crawl before you walk, before you run, and I think that's something that's come out as, as quite a theme overarching what we heard from our guests. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to digging deeper into all of this with you, so let's get started. Let's do it. Our topic for this episode is maturity. And to put that into context, most of our guests and audience are scaling and growing businesses. And a critical part of that is how your business and organization matures, crawl, walk, run. Particularly when you're going from a a growing startup into a real scale up, you hit different points of staffing levels, different points of investor expectations as as well as different funding points and all of those drive different points of complexity different challenges and new processes and structures that you have to put in place so naturally it's something that a lot of our guests touched on in many different ways through all of our episodes Ed what particularly jumped out for you when we're thinking about maturity I would say predictability is one of the points we heard in many episodes for example, Bob Horn, CRO of Elusive Networks, he mentioned something along these lines in episode four, scale the sales organization for growth. Let's have a listen. Predictable. Probably one of the most important words we have is as we try to scale. And you know, if you think of just startups in general, it's the antithesis of the word predictable. Nobody, nobody starts a company because they want something predictable. Um, they start a company because they think there's a massive opportunity, but they don't know how it's going to unfold. And so everything we try to do, everything we hear from board, investors, et cetera, is how do you create this predictable, scalable business? And sometimes you know those two words don't always work that well together. And, and this is a great point. Uh, you can't really be predictable without processes, data, and the right people. But having predictability is different from being predictable, right? Uh, You still need the entire organization to be ready to adapt, change uh, whenever necessary. It was interesting in that same conversation with Bob Horn was Paul Zemarani, who's head of sales at Visibo. 
And he talked a bit about how they were able to make an absolutely enormous and impressive pivot from in-person event management software to virtual within a really short space of time at the beginning of the the pandemic. And when he digs down into why and how they were able to do that, it was really because they had the right balance of process and structure. Having that was really important to be able to properly understand the market, what was happening, and then have the ability and the agility to change quickly. Melanie Foster talked about something similar um, from Harness and Travis Davis and Point in Time in episode five, which was about CRM and actionable insights that drive sales. They really talked about how important data is in driving that and in allowing companies to drive that predictability. Absolutely. And because at the end of the day, companies that leverage data are more likely to identify trends, to take actions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, It is a journey, though. Uh, You don't become data driven overnight. So they gave us some very good pointers over what the step by step journey looks like. This leads us to how the organization needs to change, not just to leverage data, but overall. You know, and, and there are there are some new and different roles in a business, particularly in you know IT services business. We've heard about these uh, functions and you know the, how they're becoming more and more defined, uh, right, Anna? Yeah, and you're right. I think that organizational development is really important as companies mature. And in episode one, for instance, which is about leading growth in a volatile world, Lauren White, who's CEO at Bamboo Technology, spoke about putting people into different roles. And she raised the question of if everybody's getting into these different roles, who's actually looking at the market trends and ensuring the company's leading rather than following? And raised a good question about where does that fit? Exactly. And then in that same conversation, um, Jamie Melalu, CRO at user Zoom, he, he actually answered that question. He talked about product marketing as the role that does this sort of thing. But the interesting point he raised is that it, it's a very common role in the US, but not so much in Europe, right? And, and of course, product marketing and product management are very different things. Um, in my experience, the product manager in most IT service provider organizations, they, they end up being consumed by internal day-to-day quote-unquote building of the product, right? So it's all about releases, solving internal problems, hitting deadlines, budget issues. Yeah, sometimes there are external aspects such as dealing with third-party vendors, but overall, the product manager ends up being a very inward-looking role. And even if they do speak to customers, it tends to be in a more reactive role rather than proactive. Uh, On the other hand, the product marketing function is by definition more outwards uh, looking. There is a focus on the customer and the problems uh, the product will actually solve, how the customer buys, and indeed having strong overall understanding of the market and and the buyer of of the product. You'd not picked up a bit on this during uh, episode three, which is about delivering true business value in a changing world. She's a cloud product manager. And I think what she was describing very much fits with maybe a hybrid model of what you're talking about, Ed, because she was describing how the role of product manager is so much more complex than just getting the product out to market and worrying about the product features and functions and, and what it does. 
and how important it was to be working with multiple internal stakeholders. The need, she talked about the need to sell the excitement and the passion about the product or service and really demonstrate to the customer that you're delivering the value that they're looking for. So that customer orientation was really key in what she talked about. I think it, it ties in and probably ties back to some of the other roles that we discussed, doesn't it, Ed? Yeah, exactly. And, and another role that has become very prominent, particularly in, in SaaS businesses, is the chief revenue officer. And then again, back to Jamie Melalu uh, and his role as, as CRO, uh, you know, th- there's, a, there's a clear difference between the CRO and the traditional sales director or VP of sales. And again, that's particularly the case in, in a SaaS business where this cycle of acquisition, adoption, retention, and growth is critical. Um, you know, revenue in this case is directly related to adoption, which is consume, consumption of, of licenses and renewals and upsell, cross-sell across your customer base. Um, and Jamie's point is that these aspects will not be joined up if you don't have someone taking care of the entire life cycle. And you know, someone in, in that role is looking at the customer experience end-to-end. That end-to-end piece really came to the fore as well in some of our conversations around customer success too. And from a maturity perspective, I think companies are still really trying to establish what does customer success look like in their business? Where does it sit? How does it work? How does it fit with other, other roles in the customer experience? Customer success isn't really the same thing as the traditional service management, right? Exactly. And so I think, you know, that's where some of that definition comes in, because it's not replacing necessarily service delivery or service management roles. I think, you know, a key thing is that historically sales makes a sale and then we chuck it over the fence to some other department to implement, manage adoption, manage support, etc. over over that post-sale life cycle. And what we're really talking about with customer success is making that whole journey much more seamless and transparent for the customer. So taking over and working with service management, service delivery teams, working with project management, potentially working with account managers, you're really being responsible for the customer experience from the point at which they they purchase or or they sign up uh, and subscribe to, to the service that you're offering. Bob and Paul, we talked about a few minutes ago, really highlighted the criticality and the investment that their companies have been making in customer success and defining that. And I think as you grow in maturity, it's definitely a journey. There are definitely points of friction in the customer experience, which is where companies tend to start and try and remove those points of friction and then gradually build out that customer success function step by step. And one of the parts of maturity that they talked about was how how to bring in customer success early or earlier in the sales cycle. So it's not a case if we get the sale and then it gets chucked over the fence to customer success, you have to pick everything up and start from scratch, but actually bringing them in before the customer signs up so that they're part of the planning process and it becomes a much more seamless experience for the customer. They've already got some relationships and so on. Customer success, understand why the customer's buying, what they want to achieve. So that criticality of early engagement was something that was really interesting. And I think we're starting to see grow, which then leads into adoption, expansion, renewal, retention, that whole life cycle that you you referred to in talking about Jamie and, and having that overall joined up picture for the for the customer. There are steps in that, aren't there? 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this, this is all great, but organizational change doesn't happen overnight, right? So the question is always, uh, wh where do we start? Uh, and again, several of our guests, including Paul, Bob and Melody, they all spoke about taking the time to understand where you actually are in that journey. Yeah, Melanie gave some good tips for companies just to think about their level of maturity from a CRM perspective, right down to you know, who owns the data, why are they using it, what's it for, and how has companies grown their maturity? It's about pinpointing and focusing on what data do they really want, but also what are they using it for and moving from it being a backward looking reporting stick to something that's more of a more of a carrot, more insightful, driving more more behaviors and then i think you know, paul and, and bob talked about this as well didn't they yeah exactly and and paul he specifically said scale and growth are not the same things and that's that's really interesting that really stuck with me and you know it's really all about changing slowly removing ambiguity and really not confusing people by trying to do too much at once. So uh, I think at the end of the day, it's, it comes back to my favorite word, which is focus, right? Focus is key. Uh, be clear about the purpose of what you're doing um, so you can develop your business in the right direction. Well, I think while we're still very much focused on maturity, that's probably a good point to wrap up this conversation in our mini series, Ed, and, and let's leave the final word to Paul. When we speak about the people and the process and the pipeline, that change, that change can take time. So stick to your guns. It will take, it will take some time. Don't inflict that change upon, uh, upon the company. You'll, you'll, you'll scare your new CEO. Stick to your guns. Don't be afraid of the path that you want to take and it'll pay off in the end. 